But, man, yeah, I'm on there too. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Just Action Podcast, where all we do is take action. I am the one, the only holiday season, and you're here for a reason, and it's because we have a new segment. It's called Conversations with AJ, where we find people who are doing extraordinary things in the world, and we have a conversation. And today, I have a great friend of mine, uh, met in college, still keep in touch now, call us the the Tiger Stripes or the Zebra Stripes is what they call us back in the day. It's my boy Cam, <laughs> Cam Sims. What's going on, brother? What's going on, everybody? Thank Hi. you, AJ, for having me. Yeah, brother. Hey, man, I'm glad you... Uh, you stepped up because I didn't know if anybody was going to say, hey, I'm down. You was probably one of the first ones that said, nah, like, I'm a, I'm let's a, get to it. I'm a big podcast guy. Like, okay. I, like, I listen to podcasts probably shit more than music just because my drive to work and all that stuff. Like, I drive all the time. So, yeah. it's not enough music to, to listen to something new every day, but it's a new podcast, you know, multiple times a week or you listening exactly. to enough of them. So, exactly. yeah, I'm a, I'm a big podcast guy. So, I was excited when uh, I had the opportunity to come on one for myself. That's tough. What do you listen to? Uh, I listen to a few different ones. My main ones, All the Smoke, oh, with Steven them. Jackson yeah. and Matt Barnes. Um, Gotta to the White Sox podcast just to keep up with the squad. Uh, Knuckleheads with okay. um, Darius Miles yeah. and Quentin Richardson. And, yep. uh, Old Man in the Three, J.J. Reddicks. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm seeing the sports of, here. I'm trying to think of non-sports ones I listen to. I listen so, to audio books, too, but like okay. the podcast ones – mainly like sports interviews and yeah stuff like that, so. but the sports one is always good though because you're finally hearing those stories of like that's what's the, going on that's the big thing and like i would i don't think i don't know if steve smith still does his because i haven't seen his was called um cut to it okay imagine i think i, I really like that one because it was like it was an interview but they didn't touch as much on the sports side when he like he was pretty much interviewing athletes all the time but like, yeah didn't touch as much on the sports stuff more so just the person and all that so i really like that one but but yeah man it's just the, the interviews hearing those stories like you said is like the main thing for me just conversation exactly and that's that's the reason we're here today to just have conversation get to know people that's around the city around the state that's doing things so like coming off the street somebody doesn't know cam i can't tell the story better than you can what's that What's that initial story? What's that 30-second spill that you tell somebody's like, who's Cam Sims? Uh, local guy from Richmond, uh, specifically going out on the West End. I've been been here my whole life. I uh, just moved back from Norfolk a couple months ago. I was down there for three years. Uh, did grad school down there. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm a regular person. I love sports. Talking with my boys, I can – We'd be arguing to be in sports for for days in the chat it, it, on PlayStation. It don't matter. Um, but I'm I'm just a guy like I you know enjoy spending time with my friends, uh, my family. They mean the world to me. So I mean I I don't I don't do all too much on the side you know to keep up with that sports itch you know. And we'll, I think we're gonna get into it. Yeah. You know, rep rep high school basketball and stuff like that. That's become a passion of mine. But mm-hmm. but yeah I'm just you know. Just a just a sports guy, just going through life and try to figure things out day by day. Yeah, and the one of the main reasons we met too was during sports. We did intramurals yeah. at VCU Carey Street Gym. Shout out to the, the shout game. out the intramural squad. Will shout out Will. <laughs> Will Will just got married. Shout out shout Will. out Will. I did shout see that. Will. Congratulations. Congrats. Congrats. Will was our was our supervisor. Yeah, um, yeah. That's well. I mean, me and you had met before that, but that was like really when we like. That's when we came like roommates and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, the intramural. For those of y'all that don't know, like the intramural. Honestly, I miss it. Like I'm not oh, gonna lie, man. cause like intramurals is basically like you know when you go to college, 
just like you played rec ball and stuff growing up in high school, whatever. It's basically that, just for college kids and you, your boys, you know, student org, whatever. You form a team in whatever sport you want to play. Yep. And one night a week, you know, you play. And for us, as a staff, you know, we're refing all the games and stuff. Those games were fun as hell. Bro. Like, there was probably, like, there's always, like, one or two that was just, like, off. But, like, for the most part, you always had a good shift. It was always going to be fun. It was, like, I call, I think it was the cream of the crop, almost, like, for college career-wise. Like, yeah, I had a good time. By far my favorite college yeah. job. And actually, no bullshit, ODU intramural. So, like, after I graduated from VCU, I went to ODU for yeah. my grad school. I was the intramural grad assistant there. Their basketball, OD. Was it better than ours? Yes. That's like, crazy. that's crazy far, right? Because we actually got it going, though. But ODU was nuts. And it was like a social outing. Like there were Also, eight, people was really coming bro, out. There, oh. I, have a, I have a snap on my on my phone. It was the A-League, right? And, you know, at VCU and stuff, and like most schools, it's usually like the Greek orgs are the ones that got the most people there because it's like it's a fraternity. Story, exactly. Whatever. Pull up. But, <laughs> bro, I got a video. It's the A-League semifinals on like a Tuesday. Just a random night. The whole baseline, people. I got to stand on the baseline to keep people from coming on the court. There's people up on the track above watching. Like, this joint was – there was probably 200 people there. That's Watching great. a random A-League game. And it was lit. Dude hit a buzzer beater. Oh, yeah. But, like – That's lit. I mean, it was – ODU, it was just – basketball was just different. Like, it was a social outing. Like, they, they really had dudes that could hoop there. And they had – there's more hype. That's what it was. Okay. Really. Like there was a lot of A League teams. They'd have got like multiple guys that are like six four, six five. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had people that probably went there to walk on, then make it tight. Yeah. That see, okay, I can see that. And then you like you had that at VCU, but not necessarily not like as much. Yeah. Or like the real deal. I feel like not to like shit on ODU, but like it's not the A ten, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like you'll get a six four dude that'll probably go there, won't make it. Or I think, honestly, I think a lot of the guys at VCU, because it was the same thing when you were doing club basketball. It was like, there was a lot of guys that could hoop at VCU. They just didn't It was all guards, too, though. Yeah, yeah. They, they just didn't want to play, like, club or intramurals or whatever. They yeah, just want to yeah. come play pickup and do their thing. Exactly. It was just, I think it was a structure thing that they didn't want to play. Because probably, I mean, probably if everybody played, it'd probably be up there. But from just a, an attendance standpoint, like, OD was crazy. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I miss. <laughs> I miss that that sound fun, bro. So you did intramurals, uh, grad school there. What you, what you study there? I was sport management. Sports management. Okay, cool. So you come out of ODU, finish college life, sports management. What'd you get into? So I started working at the YMCA down there. I was the uh, regional sports director for like the three Chesapeake YMCA's. Um, so I was just basically doing the same thing that Will was doing where I was just like coordinating and like programming all the leagues and stuff yeah. like that that we did. Um, that was cool. It was like, you know, different from campus rec, but you know, it was still the same thing. I think the main difference is like, you got to deal with the parents. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? Oh. Cause I, I can only imagine like, well, when you, when you're in college, it's just like, yo, shut up yeah. my peer. But now yeah. it's like, you got to listen to parents yelling at they kid that they think is going to be a superstar. And that's that, that was probably the worst part because, like, I would say at least because even once I came back up here, like, I, I did some YMCA rec games on the on the, on the the weekends and yeah. stuff this, this season. But, like, the parents up here are tame. The parents down there are on one. Oh, well, you're in bad news. You no, know, like I'm in I'm, oh, in, you was, you I'm even... in Chesapeake. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, it wasn't like – like, it wasn't a 
I would say, okay, put it this way. I was in Greenbrier. Like, you got Great Bridge or okay. whatever. Great Bridge is like, I'm trying to think. Of, Great Bridge is like, like short pump, like deep West End. Oh, okay. But gotcha. like, Greenbrier is like, kind of like regular West End area here where it's like, you got some people that got money, but then you got other people that are like, you know, middle class or a little bit below that. So right. it's kind of like a mix. But like, nah, I wasn't in like, you know, a bad area by any means. Them parents just on one. And like, even now, like my coordinator, who my coordinator then who, you know, they promoted into my position when yeah. I left. He still texts me. They they got parents fighting and stuff. I'm not even, let me not, let me let me not put their business out. There. But yeah. like <laughs> the the parents was like, because I think what I realized very quickly was the these parents in particular, like a good chunk of them, didn't realize how like you sports work. Okay. And so when I first came in, I had. The one center in Greenbrier where I was located, there was another smaller one, so they didn't have as many kids. But then I also had Great Bridge. Okay. Those two, the main Greenbrier and Great Bridge, were, like, huge as far as participation and stuff goes. Got you. They're 15 minutes away from each other, uh-huh. max. But I don't know what it was about the, the one of the fam- – one, <laughs> one of the center's families did not want to leave their area. Like, and so, because I had, so basically the way the centers were just, you know, as far as field space went, we had a lot more kids playing, this was in the fall, we had a lot more kids playing soccer than we did football. Okay. So, the spot with the more space, I put soccer. Yep. And then I put football, the smaller one. Well, all the parents who had to go to the other side. Yeah. That were from this one particular area. I'm getting calls like, "We signed up here. Why do we gotta drive over here?" Duh. I'm Ma'am, like, "They right." <laughs> She's like, and I had people like, "Well, it already takes us 10, 15 minutes for us to get to here, and then we gotta drive another to get to the other spot." I'm like, "Look, like, I was in a t- I was I was stuck between a rock and a hard place because it was like I barely had any staff. Yeah, and so it was like I kind of had to do what I had to do, but at the same time, it's just like." Do y'all not realize, like, it's normal to, like, travel for, like, like in regular rec league, right? When you grew up playing, Bro. you don't play, you don't practice at the same spot. You're going to practice at this school this week, this hey. school next week. It's all in the same. New community, bro. We was going to big bands. Sometimes we at school. Oh, like, I, forgot, I didn't even think about that for yeah, basketball. Yeah, we weren't even at school sometimes. They'd be like, yo, meet us here. And then I got to the point where I was driving them there, but, like. At one point, I was just me. I was like, "All right, I see y'all at Big Ben." Like, yeah, not even going to the school. Like, it's it's normal to, tra- and they just they didn't realize that was the hardest part. Like, they just didn't like. I'm having to like explain to y'all like this is not this is not uncommon. This is not a YMCA. This is like normal U sports. But like, right. that was a tough thing. But other than that, I mean, I re- I did enjoy it. Um, I I, I did enjoy. It. I mo- the majority of the people were great. Um, the coaches were you know just being willing to be a volunteer youth sports coach shout out to all the youth sports coaches because like it's a thankless job well you definitely get your thank yous oh yeah yeah in the middle of it it's just like especially depending on the kids you get because if you get kids that are like easily distracted them practices are hell oh man Showing up, I can only imagine showing up on like a Wednesday night. You got to try work. and practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got off work, and they just and you just trying to put it in one set. You ain't even trying to do nothing crazy. Kid over here, Johnny. Hey. And yeah, I can only imagine. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was with a uh, new community. I just had them run. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I was just like, hey, bro, y'all want to listen? It's cool, bro. Y'all can listen to this whistle. Go shout out new community, and I'm. I need to go see Eric. 
Yeah, okay. you should. I, I need to go see Eric. Yeah. Is Trey still coaching there? He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad my like little coaching tree like is still like <laughs> alive. Cause let's see, I got you. Yep. And then we got Daisy, right? She and now she's a coordinator. She's at UMD. Yeah. I'm about to go Shout see out her. Daisy. That's I'm about to go big. see her in uh in June because I'm going up to a, a camp up there at UMD. Okay. Um, so I'm I already like message her. I'm like I'm gonna go say what's up there when yeah. when I'm up there. And then Trey's coaching, and yeah. So I yeah. I got a little, you, got a little yeah you got really a little coaching tree. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even think of it like that. So you got me started with basketball, and there. then you ended up like working there for real. Yeah, I was actually like a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> I was over there. Yeah, but I I was like a teacher's assistant. So I basically managed and on what I was doing there I just managed uh like a study hall so during the pandemic they needed like kids couldn't just be out and about like they have this nice campus but once uh pandemic happened they needed them in one area which was crazy Mm -hmm. when you think about a pandemic just have everybody in one area but they just needed somebody to monitor them so I just sat there and there you go hey don't don't make a fool of yourself while you're in here hey bro (laughs) just chill be cool bro be cool it's me it's me but all right cool so you go from that to coordinating, basically doing Will Spot. What was that transition like from being the ref, doing things in that manner, to then being a GA, to then being a coordinator? How did that feel, just moving up, and now you went from kind of the foundational base to now teaching people where you was at? I mean, it was, like, pretty basic, you know, step-by-step, just, like, you know, climb. So, you know, you go from – when we're an undergrad and we're just, you know, out there every night working games and all that stuff, then we become supervisors. At that point, especially our last year at VCU, like, I was not working at night at all. Because, like, that last year, like, because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was coaching I was coaching at Rocket and I was coaching at New yeah, Community. Yeah, you, you had a so packed schedule. I had, like, three, yeah. It was, like, class, gym, maybe class again, practice, and then other days I was in the I was in the office in the morning. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah, you was really just stuff. office work. Yeah. And so then you know go to ODU. Then it's pretty much the same thing, just office stuff. I popped out. I never. There was very few games I had to ref. Mm-hmm. I did a couple basketball games on Sundays because that's like where everybody wanted to take like oh, we got a chapter or like yeah. we got a study <laughs> like whatever. And so like I'd have to work like an A league game or two in basketball. Sometimes no, I don't think I ever did football. But basketball, I definitely did. Okay. Um, and so then it was pretty much just managing. Um, I, my supervisors and managers were great. Um, honestly, they were they were really good at you know coaching up and, and critiquing the staff. I was just pretty much there one just for me to have something to do. Exactly. I would just pop out and just watch stuff. Yeah. But also like it was inevitable. Something was gonna happen. Some player was gonna feel some type of way about whatever. And I'd have to, like, answer to it or whatever. And, I mean, that was pretty much it. Other than that, just being a face um, and trying to, you know, not really change the culture, but I think the person before me wasn't a big basketball person. So, like, that being their biggest sport, there was a lot of incidents that happened because you didn't have somebody that could, like, you know – really talk through rules-wise what happened or, like, why this is – really just, like, be able to, like – communicate and kind of relate to the to players and right stuff. so when i came in it was like a little bit easier for me or like the players were a little bit more at ease like talking to me as somebody that like kind of knows the sport enough exactly. um and 
but yeah, I mean that that was, you know, that was what it was. It was wasn't too um, one too crazy, and then becoming you know full time. Still, that actually had to get back to repping just because numbers wise and just to do something. I get bored if I was just walking around all day on a Saturday. Um, and that was again just more more managing people, making sure that. Um, you know, teams were created right. That was honestly probably the hardest part was just the way we had when registration closed. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't want to – registration closed, like, after the season started. But the thing was, we would always start the season with what we called meet and greet day. It was a Saturday. Everyone had signed up. You know, they have a – each team has a specific time. They come in, get the jerseys, meet the coach, all that stuff. But, like, you know, that's on a Saturday – and then we're still creating teams, like, throughout that week because we're still getting registrations in. So, like, that week we're getting calls in, like, I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And we're still making teams. So, like, it got to the point where, like, I was having to ignore calls. Like, because we had, like, put it's – like, it's not like we didn't send out any communication, like, prior to that. It was just – but it was, like, depending on when they signed up and stuff, you know. So we're I, it got to the point where I'd stop answering calls, otherwise we wouldn't be able to make the teams. Exactly. And that 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 week was probably the most stressful part because it was just like this happened, this happened, or this person's email is wrong, so mom's not getting the emails, and we requested that you know they're supposed to be on their friends' team, and they're not. It's just a bunch of just a, that week putting everything in order. Yeah. yeah. But then like after about two or three weeks into the season, once. Families were used to, you know, when they practiced, what field they were on, all that stuff. It was like a cakewalk until, like, the end of the season. So, um, it, it was like going from, you know, undergrad to that was just a, a steady progression of just more administrative responsibility um, and just being able to, to coach up my staff and, and just make them better because, you know, when the staff's better, then the product's better and then everyone's enjoying their time and that's really – what it's all about yeah and in that in that space that you have where you get to coach up people is there anything in particular that you're giving them is there like a like a cam special where they're getting only this from you like is there something that you do that's unique from anybody else in in regards to that i don't think so i don't i don't think like people like really reinvent the wheel there's definitely pieces that i took from like anthony and will um just because they were kind of like the you know they were my supervisors when I was getting started in the in the space and it was like they were you know Will's a high school football ref Anthony was refing high school basketball at the time I don't know if he still is but like you know we had two people that were you know doing it to some extent and you know we got a lot of feedback from them and from their experience you know they learned how to evaluate so like the pieces I really took from them was just you know asking people questions like when you're evaluating somebody like don't tell them the answer, like walk them to the answer. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking about positioning or something like that, like, okay, and this, you know, if y'all don't know refing terms or whatever, we're talking basketball, right? You're in the lead position right now, you know, and the ball's opposite of you, you know, where, where should you be positioning wise? Like, uh, da, da, da. you try to get them to say like, Oh, I should be in close down right now. Yeah. Right? And stuff like that, where you kind of walk them to the answer. Cause it's like, if you just tell them like, Oh, you should be here. You should do this. You should they do that. Remember, like yeah. you don't, you don't think through that. And think, I mean, if you think about when you were a kid learning, whatever sports school or whatever, and somebody's just telling you this is the answer, you're not processing any of that. You're not getting the why or whatever. So that was just the main thing I, I kind of, you know, tried to work on when I was evaluating people was just, you know, 
asking them questions to see if they can get themselves to the answer mm-hmm. um, and just be, you know, willing to take critique myself. I think that was a big thing, too, when I was on the court. Like, I would tell the managers, like, hey, like, critique me at halftime like you would the rest of the staff. Yeah. Like, just because, yes, I might be more experienced than some of y'all, like, that doesn't mean, like, I'm perfect by any means. Like, you know what to look for. You're the manager. Like, you're in this position for a reason. Like, critique me. I think that, you know, that piece of it is is big, that humility, because if your staff sees, like, okay, they can take feedback. They don't they don't look at themselves as, like, you know, bigger than the rest of us just because they're in this – they have a higher title or right. whatever. Right. It, it just kind of – it made it made it much easier. Like, by doing that, it made it easier for my managers to then um, evaluate my staff because they're like, okay, like, you're supposed to be coachable. Like, they're supposed – they're trying to help us. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot for sure. Uh, just being coached – like, being able to be critiqued even at if you're at – at that time, like highest level, like still, I want to learn. I still want to be like working on the craft. I think that's real big. And speaking of you reffing and being critiqued on, on that level, we were talking earlier. You said, "Hey, you trying to take this thing to the next level?" So tell me a little yeah. bit about the reffing, where you're at now, and where you're trying to go. So, um, last last season, so the 2021-22 season was was the first year I started um, officiating high school. Um, so that was. I think that was probably like year five or six in total. Like I had been, I had been reffing since intramurals and like I don't know whenever I got hired, like 2016 or something like that. Um, but then high school was like the next step, and like you think you're like pretty good because you've. I mean, having I, I will say like having that intramural background like benefited me a lot, especially having Anthony as my you know high school certified official shout out a horn yeah. i remember i pulled up to the thomas dale and he was just on the baseline i was like what <laughs> is anthony doing here it was crazy so shout out anthony bro uh having that w- was created a good foundation for me but then it's like all the administrative stuff and the processes and the weird plays that comes with high school so it's like it's not as simple as intramurals it's just like you know you don't have coaches, you don't have a coaching box, you don't, you know, you're going to have some technicals, but, like, are you really adjudicating them, like, properly? Like, is, are you just giving them two shots? Or, like, if you have multiple technicals, like, how does that go? And, um, you know, dead ball fouls and, and or dead ball technicals and all that stuff. So it, it's very, you know, different, even though I felt comfortable mm-hmm. at the, like, pretty comfortable at the time just because as far as the basics of the game and my judgment, I had good judgment, so – you know, I did pretty well, but I mean, now, like only a year later, it's just like what I know now is so much more than what it was. <laughs> so this this past season was was my second season. Um, I, my my short term goal at the end of last season was to um, get varsity games. Now, obviously, my first year I only worked JV, yep. um, which was good. I got some pretty competitive JV games down and. Um, the Hampton Roads area, but then this year my goal was to get varsity games, um, and honestly, I I gotta gotta give a shout out to to the Crown Refs podcast and the Crown Refs community. Um, that group right there has been the reason why I've grown so much in this past year. Yeah. Um, so Crown Refs is basically this community of officials. It's j- almost at three hundred. I think we're just below three hundred of us from across the country. A couple international people, wow. um, people of all levels. Um, we got some officials that are new. We got some people in the NBA pipeline. We got people doing college and stuff. Some people doing FIBA. Um, 
I think we even got yeah we got we even got NBA ref in there. We got, That's, uh, hey, this is a diverse group. I <laughs> so, like this. It's tough. So it's like we're just all in the Discord. It's like I'm, they have a Patreon where they put out content. That's how I first heard about it. Was like on Spotify with the podcast and stuff. And so yep. Paul puts out content, but like really like the membership and the biggest benefit of it is being in the Discord with everybody. Where right. we can just like ask questions. People will send plays that they have and stuff, and it's just like a resource and free flowing like conversation about just officiating like at all times. And so I, they opened my eyes to like all this, like I really under, like got an understanding of like what it is or like the industry of refing. Like it's easily just like, okay, I have this game, go to the school, call the game. And exactly. Go home. But this is like, there's so much more to it, like camps and all that stuff. Um, so that really helped like expedite my growth. Um, so I did have a, a heavy, um, varsity schedule this year, which was great. I worked about half. I worked 41 games in total. Um, half of them were, were varsity, so so that was good. I kind of got to go all over the Richmond area. I got some really the, – the JV games I did have were really competitive. Okay. Like boys JV games predominantly. And then yeah. I got a couple boys varsity, a lot of girls varsity, um, some private school stuff. But What was yeah. the biggest game for you? Um, most exciting. I don't know. Most exciting was Hermitage versus Highland Springs girls varsity. Actually, like no, 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 no. Well, the result of the of this game, if it was closer, it would have been by far. It was Thomasdale and Matoka girls varsity. At Thomas, they Dale. got a shorty over there that hoops. hoops. Adele, sophomore. Yeah, she's a I came hooper, up, bro. I, I, oh my god, I peeped it early. Oh. She was. I didn't even realize she was a sophomore. I didn't either. She's that a was so- a point club or something. Like, already make no sense. Already makes no sense. Hooper. Okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's lit. Okay, bet. So Shout out Dale. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was. It was. It was early in the season. I was with two vets, and that that's my main thing. Was just like you know, my main thing is just give me opportunity. Like if you put me on with two vets, I'm not fucking up the game up that much. Exactly. And I can only imagine. Like two vets with me. I know the game. Like we just it's gonna be a smooth night. Yeah. At the least. So it is Dale and Matoka. Dale Dale ended up they, they oh that's right, because they lost in Manchester. So they they, they won the regional. Yep. They beat Manchester in the in the regional finals. Um but then Manchester beat them in like the state semis. Um but anyway, Thomas Dale was like Probably the like between them and Manchester with the best two high school programs in the Richmond area, and so it's Thomasdale Matoka, but Matoka's another um, Chesterfield school. Yeah, and so there's a, there's a good crowd and like cheerleaders lit. There's a lot of energy in the gym. So I that's a that, I think that's a thing that like a lot of people don't realize about officials. Like it's a game for like we have fucking fun too. Like yeah, it's, I was it's about, fun. I was just about us. to ask you like how how does that feel like for the ref? So I I've done bond air which and then intramurals of course, but like I never had a high intensity like high school game where like the crowd is going crazy at yeah. y'all probably like nobody's really on y'all side. The only people y'all got is y'all three. How does that feel like for refs? It's I mean, it, it really depends on the atmosphere, but it's like the the crowd is kind of whatever. The energy is great. No matter what, the energy is great. Yeah, they yeah, can yeah, be yeah. boom, whatever. Like having energy in the gym makes the environment more fun for us. But, you know, as long as we know that we're having a good game, that's all that matters. Because we're going to get, like, no matter what call you make, 50% of the people are going to hate you anyway. It don't matter. It's hey, and I got you anyways. Ball out, ball here. Here we go. Yep. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. And so that game, it was just a lot of energy in the crowd. Like, um, I just remember at the end of the first quarter, or it was a timeout or something, and, like, we all, like, met real quick. 
I literally went up to my partner. I'm like, this shit is fun. Like, this is this is this is a fun game right now. And like, Tom Sale ended up pulling away. I think they won by like 15 or something like that. But like, for the un- while it was competitive, like it was just a fun environment to be in. Yeah. Um, second to that was definitely uh, Hermitage and Highland Springs girls varsity. That was like back half of my season. Um, that was a uh, again that shit was packed in there. Like it had way more people than than the Thomas Dale game, but that zone was packed. And it was it was competitive for three quarters. Like it was just back and forth, back and forth. And I remember it was like right at the end of the third quarter, and girl for Hermitage, I think, I think yeah. Well, it was third quarter. Whenever it was, one girl for whatever team is going to the basket. She gets fouled. Is going up for the shot. The ball starts rolling around the rim. And low key in my head, I'm wanting it to fall because I know the crowd's about to go. <laughs> I, I wasn't on. It wasn't my call. Oh, okay, okay, I was okay. Wait, I wanted for it to fall just for the crowd yeah, to go, go crazy. crazy. And it went in. And everybody, <laughs> everybody went nuts. It was like it was just. It's just fun. It's, it's fun for us too. Like yeah. at, at the end of the day, like you know, refs get a bad rap. Whatever. Everyone tells us we were trash, but like we're fans of the sport like we love this that's why we do it like if we put up with all the shit that we put up with just to like get paid whatever we're getting paid for that game like we gotta love it too exactly and it yeah it's fun but those those two games for sure were like most most fun games of the year for me that's exciting hey you don't got me excited just thinking about that like man that Hey, and you got hey, basically hey, four sleeves. Hey, I might hit you after this. I ain't gonna lie to you. My dad been telling me for a while. He's like, "Yo, bro, you hey, you know the game. Hey, it's it's great side money. Like you already you've already done it to some extent before. Yeah. And once you get in high school and you start, you get that bit. Now the only shitty part is we get paid in the season. But once you get that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you, about that. Once you but, get that deposited in the season, though, you yeah, like, it's worth it. <laughs> Boy, it's worth it. <laughs> Ah, that's tough. Okay, no, nah, I probably yeah, we gonna talk after this for sure then. All right, bet. Oh, you don't got me excited. Now I'm thinking about basketball. What's uh? So going from refereeing, well, timeline is refereeing intramurals. Then you get this whole background knowledge of now you're a super, not even a supervisor. What what's the word I'm looking Grad for? Grad assistant. Grad assistant. And then move into now the roller now in high school. Yeah, director. Then now into high school refereeing. So you have this progression of like keep moving up the the ladder. What's that? What's that thought process or like the thing that keeps you going? Because I know some people yeah. at our age, twenty six, twenty seven, uh, could be like, yo, I'm just gonna stick it out with this job, make sure it's cool, and I'll live the life I live. What what gets you excited or motivated to keep going forward to say like? Yo, I have this passion with basketball, and I just want to try it out. Even if it's on the side right now, it can end up eventually being, like, my real thing. What's, what yeah. keeps you going during – you don't get paid during the whole, <laughs> you know, the whole year yeah. until the end on the deposit. What's that like that keeps you motivated? I think it's just – and this is for – I think it's just me in general for anything in life. But it's just always wanting to be – get better. Like, it didn't, like, I just want to progress in some way, shape, or form, whether that's work, whether that's, you know, officiating, whatever. It's just I just want to – progress in life and so it's it's one of those things where you know it's like when you find that new like would you would podcast or just creating content period yeah. when you figured out like right it started with you making them geeky ass videos on instagram in your apartment right <laughs> yeah. and then you and all of a sudden you realize like oh shit like people like this stuff like i'm kind of good at like what i'm what i'm doing and i'm enjoying it too like right you're like okay now i want to do more and so then you start, then you start the podcast, then you get the space and the camera and the mics and all that stuff, and now you're you're like, all right, 
like now I'm trying to create content for real. You're going to, you know, the the JUCO like uh, championships and all that, yeah. shooting that and shooting other events in the area. It's that that's literally all it is. Was just like I I realized that, you know, I'm all right at this, and I I like it's a it, I get paid I like it, I get paid to do it. It's a healthy habit. Like I'm we're running two miles a game at least depending on the pace of the game two miles like it's a healthy thing to do and get paid i enjoy it like like why would i not want to do this more and then when i realized like okay like you know there's there's more to this there's like people like do this for a living not that necessarily that's a whole nother that's a whole nother rabbit hole like doing it for a living is very different i got a lot of perspective um last summer Mm -hmm. like so one thing when I was talking about Crown Rest, one thing I found out, like, there's camps. Yeah. Right? So, in the summer, you have, like, big-time officials host camps. So, you have two kinds. You have developmental and you have hiring. Okay. Developmental, you're just there to get better. A lot of times, there'll be some big names there, you know, that can give you great feedback. And people will – even people who are doing college will go to those just because, like, I'm getting evaluated by somebody that it's works It's like a little Peyton Manning camp type thing. Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And so then you have your hiring camps where, like, you're going to the ODAC or the ACC or whatever, the MEAC, um, and you're trying out to get hired by that conference. Okay. So um, last summer, like, first of all, when I found out about it, I was like, oh, there, there's, like, there's camps for this? Like, yeah. I can go do shit in the summer? Like, I can, like, get evaluated by people who work, like, NCAA tournament games and shit? Like, sign me up. And so the first one I ever went to was Roger Ayers camps. For those of you that don't know, Roger Ayers is an ACC official. He is arguably one of the best, not arguably, he is one of the best men's college basketball officials in the country. He just worked the UConn-Miami Final Four game. He worked the Duke-UNC Final Four game last year. Like, he is, he's known for just the crazy schedule that he has. So he's he's from Roanoke. Oh, wow. And so every, every summer he hosts a camp at Liberty. Sign up to go again this year. Okay. And last year, um, I went because Paul, the founder of Crown Refs, like he was like, he was one of the clinicians, and so he hosted like a couple like little like breakout sessions and stuff. And yep. then he was like shooting content the whole time. So it was like a group of like ten of us from the Crown Refs community that ended up going. But like when we had the classroom sessions, so obviously you work in games, but you have the classroom sessions too, where some of the different clinicians speak, and so. Him and there was one other official, I can't remember his name, he's retired now, but they talked about like life outside the lines. Okay. And they talked about how their family was impacted by their crazy schedules. Like how, you know, you have a game. Now, this is, we're talking the elite of the elite here. Like right. Roger's working like damn near every night. Yeah. And it's like work a game, flight to the next city, sleep, wake up, watch film, whatever, eat, get ready for the next game. It's like all over the, you know, I mean, at least the East Coast, but like at this point when you're at the top of the top, you're working multiple conferences on top of that. So, and they talked about how, you know, as they're going through this and during the season, right, we're talking October to March, that's what, five months, five months? October five six months yeah yeah and yeah. yeah, October so yeah, yeah five yeah, months yeah, yeah. and basically on the road all Don't the time and yeah you got young kids and they're like resenting the fact that you're never home 
And like, I was like, not that I'm anywhere near that point in my career, right. but like, I never considered that before. And so that made me think very differently of it. Now, again, I could talk to you four years from now and maybe I'm in a position where, you know, I'm looking to try to get hired in the D1 or whatever. And, my, you know, things have worked out to where that, you know, it's feasible for me, but it was just something I had never considered before that. Yeah. And so when you're really full time with that, like it's nonstop. It's not just regular people, nine to five, you come home, you know, get home from work, cook dinner for the family, go to sleep. Nah, like you might not see your kids for like two weeks to a month. Like straight, that's crazy. That's where that's almost yeah. That's it's almost worse like a than deployment. Like a, yeah, I was about to say deployment, but it's also worse than the players. Like if you think of an oh, NBA, yeah. at least they get to go home. Yeah. They got home stretches. It's like, yo, what's home for yeah. like five months for you? That's yeah. crazy. And so that that was kind of what changed things for me. But, um, you know, again, I'm nowhere near that point anyway. So it's not. It's just it's something that's in the back of my head. But you know, it's really not a concern at this point. Yeah. But realistically you know i do i do want to work college to some capacity um i'm hoping that i can make something happen next summer that's my goal we're um, gonna speak it into existence next summer somewhere in college i don't i don't, I don't know where it's gonna be <laughs> but we're gonna hey we're gonna have cam send us a photo and we just gonna play this back it's gonna be cam somewhere right hey with the zebras on baby college i'm speaking into existence for you but yeah that's that's the goal for next summer but yeah it it was just you know learning the what what it you know the industry as a whole how to you know these camps in general how to really get in the rule book how to evaluate yourself on film and stuff like that it's just like there's so much more than just calling the game itself um but yeah it was was a real eye-opening experience like once i started going to camps and stuff like that i like that bro you're a very hey you on the path to something cool, man. I'm glad that we able to. Hey, I might need you to sign something before you leave because <laughs> it might go. It might go crazy. And it's like, hey, man, he was with conversations with AJ. He told us what was going to happen, brother. I was just, you know, I was just there for that. I appreciate you coming, man. And with, you know, I'll I have a spiel at the end that I want to get to. But like, this is the Just Action Podcast where we're trying to discuss taking action on things. Discuss. Uh, getting past the limiting beliefs that you have, getting past the mental barriers, because at the end of the day, if you start taking action, like you said, it's just one thing after another. I started here, I did one step, I did one step. The next thing you know, you look back, and it's like, oh, man. Is there any, like, quote that you stick with or a model that your mom gave you? Is there anything that's like a one-liner or something of that nature where it's like you could give to somebody who might need it? I'm so bad, like on the spot. One, one things like yeah. This, I would just not even a one liner, but I can give just yeah, a little, or just a, yeah, a something soliloquy. This, would, the floor is yours. Honestly, nah, nah. I just heard this morning. Oh, like I see, said, that's what I'm saying. Hey, I, give it to I me. I listen to audiobooks, and I'm listening to Fifty Cents right now. And one chapter, his thing was, or one of the concepts in one of the chapters was just do shit. Like, and that's with whatever you're doing. And one of the examples he used was how, like, travel blogging has become a big thing. And how when people first started travel blogging, like, you know, older people were, like, mad. Like, all oh, these kids are just taking the camera. Da, 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 da. And the next thing you know, like, these kids are getting six-figure deals to promote this. Or they're getting free rooms in these resorts. And that's how he's, like, you know, social media and the internet is just kind of, like, you know, 
expedited everything. So, like, yeah. the point of it is just, just do shit. Whatever, like, find something that you enjoy. Find a way to incorporate it into your life. If you're working a normal job and you have this passion that you kind of want to pursue, just start. Like, if you don't start, the hardest thing to do is start with anything. If, if you, you, so many dreams have ended just because they never started to begin with. So just just start doing something in some capacity, working towards whatever you're trying to achieve. And, I mean, that's all life is, is just figuring figuring it out. That's yeah. all, that's all, life is just a game of figuring it out, that's everything. So, so just just start and you'll learn a lot of things you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make mistakes but like you know you're gonna figure it out as it goes and you know hey you might not end up being a full-time you know podcaster or blogger or whatever it is to where you can make that your lifestyle but you might make a decent enough change on the side that can you know at least offset some of the costs that you have so you know just just do shit and figure it out as you go i love that brother just, just do shit. It's just action. I, I couldn't put it better myself. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you see, we're having these conversations and they're picking up quite rapidly. But the big thing that I think I took away from this for me, what was it? Crown refs? Crown refs. Crown refs. It's a community. It's a network. Ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to bring a network. ADJ is hosting the network April. Don't quote me on this. I don't have a date yet, but it's the third week in April. I have the official date somewhere on this here. When you have a network of people who are like-minded and trying to achieve the similar goals that you're trying to achieve, you can go you can go faster. What they say is uh, if you want to go quicker, go alone. If you want to go farther, go with people. So we're trying to go farther with a lot of people. And as you see with these conversations, whether it's Cam who's trying to direct his path to being in college next summer, which we will see. Whether it's Josh, where Josh is trying to get Tav off the ground and into the Louis Vuittons of the world. It's a network of people who are all like-minded. They're all thinking the same. We're all trying to achieve the same goal. We're all trying to figure life out. So, ADJ is trying to host a network, which will have an event third week of April. Uh, Trey, Jamal Jams, that's going to be DJing. It's going to be a good time. And I hope to see you there. But until then, Cam, I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Love, peace, and Afro-Greece. We'll see you on the other side.